Welcome to What Does This Mean? A discussion of the Bible passages that Lutherans and many other Christians read in church. We are starting a new church year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Year. Champagne. This Sunday will be the first Sunday of Advent. Our readings will serve as an alarm clock, waking us to the wonderful news that God is arriving with the light of a new and unexpected reality. So Happy New Year. We'll be right back with this week's discussion. Glad you've joined us. I'm Pastor Lois Palmeyer. I'm Pastor Javen Swanson. And I'm Pastor Bradley Schmeling. We are the pastors at Gloria Day Lutheran Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And for the next few minutes, we're going to discuss the Bible readings that many Christians around the world will be hearing in church this coming Sunday. We think that looking at the readings early in the week allows us to prepare for worship in a a deeper, a more meaningful way, and we hope that it will help you too. For this season of our podcast, we've been inviting special guests to help us talk about the readings. We invite them to ask any question they can think of. They can stump the pastors with anything that challenges them. That's okay, because we think the Bible is challenging for all of us. Our guest today is Laura Willemson, and we are so glad that you're here. Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I am a member of Gloria Day, and I am a professor of educational research at Concordia University in St. Paul. And so I think a lot about how schools and schooling in general, so curriculum and how people teach and space, how they can be made more equitable, how they can be safer, and how we can have more well-being for more people in schools. And particularly, I think about that in the country of Tanzania. And particularly, I think about that for girls and young women in the country of Tanzania. So that's kind of what I do. I spend a lot of time doing that, thinking about that. Yeah, Wonderful. And um, your roles at Gloria Day? Yes. So I am on the church council. I'm the faith formation representative on church council. And um, speaking of Tanzania, I was recently with Gloria Day in Tanzania with Pastor Bradley and six other folks. It was an amazing, amazing experience. We had a blast and we learned a lot and we laughed a lot and we learned a lot about hospitality and feeling welcome and being a guest. And so looking forward to talking about that another time. Well, and it was amazing for us to have someone who spoke not only fluent Swahili, but could <laughs> learn phrases in the tribal languages and totally wow the people that we met. We called Laura our closer because she would, we would all introduce ourselves. There'd be a translator who would translate the simple little things that we would say. And then she would just step forward and just start talking Aww. and they would cheer and sing and dance. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. How wonderful that you were able to go. It was a great time for all of us. I think it was it was just fabulous. So yes, and I have two children. Owen is a sixth grader and Ellie is a ninth grader. So and my husband, Ryan, we moved here about eight years ago and joined. So 
Wonderful. It's been a good place for us. Thank you. We're so glad you're at Gloria Day. Pastor Javen, would you get us started today? Yes. Our first reading for the first Sunday of Advent is Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. When I looked at this, I thought, um, well, there's a lot going on here, but one of the things that I appreciated about it was the sense of movement in this text. Um, come, let us go, let us walk, nations shall stream, walk in his paths. There's this really active sense that we people of God move somehow. And furthermore, there's this, this piece about, of course, the swords into plowshares and shall not lift up sword against nations. So it's, it's, it's moving now, but not yet. At the sa- in the same text, right? So that's what I sort of saw in this, but I don't know, because I have, I'm not a biblical scholar, you know, can you help me understand this a little more? So I think the context, so this is, this is chapter two of Isaiah. The first chapter was actually pretty kind of fire and brimstone, if I remember right. Isaiah speaks a pretty harsh word of judgment right off the bat. And then right after that, you get this beautiful passage imagining what the future will look like when not just the Israelites, but all the nations are going to stream and they're going to active, right, in motion to Jerusalem because the whole world is going to see the wisdom of the God of Israel and this instruction, like the law of Israel is going to just become, it'll be so treasured by the whole world that they're all just going to want to come and bask in the glory of God in Jerusalem. And it's going to be a peaceful place. So Isaiah has described all this violence that's going to happen and all the destruction that's going to come to Jerusalem. But the aftermath of that is going to be this reign of peace. It's almost like what's always happening in scripture is God's judgment is always leading toward the kingdom of God, a peaceful Rain. I love that you no- you noticed kind of the movement in the story because I kind of think of Advent is when we start over, almost entering the story again. Is for all the Sundays of the summer that are green. We're reading kind of parables and teaching from Jesus, but once we start into Advent we start into the telling of Jesus' life story again that will culminate, you know, in Easter and Pentecost. And it's like each year we're invited, okay, from wherever you are at this point in your life, whatever's happened in the last year, it's time to enter the story again. And let's think about 
how we're going to enter the story this time. We've got four weeks now to get ready to hear about the birth of Jesus. So it's this time of reflection, I think, and kind of calling us back to the basics. And I feel Mm -hmm. like we all need those moments of, okay, I'm just going to start over. Mm -hmm. I need to begin Mm -hmm. again. I think that's why New Year's is so profound in the regular calendar and why we stay up late to to party and to welcome the new year. And it's symbolized by the old person, you know, and the baby. Mm -hmm. And we we yearn to start over. And in Advent, we get to do that. I love also that you picked out the active words, that sense of recognizing Advent as an active waiting, because sometimes we think of waiting as just being totally mm-hmm. passive. There's nothing I can do. I'll just mm-hmm. wait for whatever. And during, usually most of us during the month of December aren't too passive. You know, we're busy, busy trying to get stuff done. But it's good, I think, to use that same image of saying, let's start walking as if mm-hmm. we knew the promise was sure. Let's start making our bodies already behave in ways that we know God mm-hmm. really is arriving to be part of our world. I love that you picked up on all those kind of active motion verbs too, but for yourself, like what does the, what's the significance of sort of an, an active in motion faith? I think I'm sensitive to words like that because a lot of my work is around this notion of empowerment and that people are agents or, or, or aren't agents. And so I think a lot about, well, how are we agentic in this? How are we participating in this? And what sort of role do we play? And I think of that in a lot of different contexts, but so I think I'm kind of attuned to that language, whether it's with people that I'm doing research with or my students. And so that it just, it's going to jump out at me right away when I feel that there's something that it says, uh, many peoples shall come, as you said, and they shall learn war no more. Um, Come, let us walk. It's just such a hopeful thing. And so I was, I was really pleased with that. I got to talk this week about, or listen this week about this text because of that that really resonates. Yeah, I love that. And I learned a new word, agentic. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I like think it. that could be a great Advent word. Yes, agentic. We are agentic. Agentic. Yeah, yeah, agentic oh. from agency. Yeah, right? agency. We have agency. We have agency. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm agentic. Wonderful. Which is great because Advent isn't just this passive season right. of waiting for something to happen to us. Right. It's about stopping and entering and participating yes in a new way, that the gospel doesn't make us passive. It makes us an agent in our own story and in the story of the world. Right. Wonderful. Let's wrap that one up there, and we'll come back in a minute. Our second reading for the first Sunday in Advent is from the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is 
how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone and the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Well, this isn't quite as joyful as a text as the previous text, I'll say. And you can read it in multiple ways. And that's the beauty and frustration around scripture, right? Speaking of vocabulary words, there's some vocabulary words for sin there, right? Yeah. <laughs> licentiousness. Right. I know. That's only here in the Bible, I feel like. Like, when else do you no, hear no, the word licentiousness? I get to use debauchery all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, but there's I think so much... maybe we should have a vocabulary word for our podcast. Like, everybody, your word this week is licentiousness. <laughs> Try to use oh, that at I, the breakfast table or at school. Or I'd rather go with agentic. One of the things that I saw in this is there's that mind or spirit body dualism mm-hmm. reinscribed here, right? I mean, um, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And I understand, you know, what Paul is saying here, but I also am aware and and sort of mindful of how that sort of split has been used to oppress people, um, namely people of different ethnicities or women, Mm -hmm. right? The flesh. The flesh, right? Whatever is considered flesh is considered less than. And you see that very clearly in this text. So I would love to hear sort of your thoughts on that. I mean, I think it's also going down through the ages, the, like we associate sin most predominantly with things that are body related or related to sexuality or, and so the church, yeah, the church has often been the source of a lot of body-based shame and descriptions of brokenness that has to do with what you do sexually or, you know, how you live that licentiousness and debauchery. I mean, it, it feels like that's what it's bringing up. Right. right. And I would say, you know, those are examples of using scripture to kind of mm. enforce an oppressive worldview or structure of thinking on people. Mm-hmm. I think for Paul, Paul really believed that the return of Christ was coming soon and that it was going to happen within people's lifetime. So he, I feel like what he's doing here isn't trying to speak philosophically, um, Mm -hmm. but to say, look, put away those things that Mm -hmm. don't work for us. Put down the things that are killing you and put on the things that bring you life. You know, live as if you are in the the day. Because I also don't think this is a passage about, again— how you get in or how you get right. out, who's a sinner, who's not a sinner. I think this is about embodying the life that is already coming in Christ. Like, don't wait for the end. Just live it now. Mm-hmm. And when I heard this and was reading it, it actually – I'd never thought of it this way. It's kind of appropriate for the holiday season. I mean, you think about mm. – what the pressure of holidays mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. to so many of mm-hmm. us, the pressure of getting together with families sometimes that 
um, just pick at our wounds. And so we go mm-hmm. and we end up quarreling and bickering. Jealousy. And that, yeah, all mm-hmm. of these things that were here. Or we go to the holiday party and we have a few too many because mm-hmm. the anxiety inside mm-hmm. of us feels so strong that that becomes our way of coping. And I feel like Paul is saying, in mm-hmm. a, let's find some different coping mechanisms mm-hmm. here because Jesus is giving you a whole, he calls it armor here, a mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. of tools to deal with your family in a different way, to approach your coworkers in a different way, to celebrate and feel joy in a way that doesn't leave you your head hurting or your your credit card uh, bill shocking by the by the end of it. I feel like often what's going on in the Advent texts, not just today but throughout the season of Advent, is it's a lot about reorientation and sort mm-hmm. of getting refocused and regrounded in what really matters and cutting out the things that are not helpful. And so I think that's what you're getting at here, Pastor Bradley, is it's, there are a lot of things, especially this season, that get in the way for us. And sometimes it can be helpful to be encouraged to let those things, to not just let those things go, but to actively with, with agency, being agentic about cutting those things out of our right. lives. Or how many times do we just kind of sleepwalk through yet another Christmas season? Mm-hmm. And I think Paul is saying, wake up, find, experience. Mm-hmm. There's so much joy and life that's right there. And so many of us, we just got it. We have our blinders on and we're just going from one thing to the next and we totally miss what's right in front of us. Partly the Christmas lights in the snow do that for me driving home. I often have driving home at the end of a long day and it's dark. But in December, the Christmas lights start to Mm -hmm. appear. And often by the time that I get home, something in my mood has changed, that those lights shining in the dark and the color and the light shift something inside of me. And I think that's what Advent is trying to get us to do. Well, thank you for helping me reimagine this in a different way and sort of reclaiming it because that piece, I think, has had this, I guess, like a cover over it, right? So the way that you've interpreted it for me is very, it's very helpful. I I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's take a break there and we'll come back in a moment. Welcome back. Our gospel reading is from Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. Jesus said to the disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. What do you think it means to keep awake during Advent then? I think just as we were saying in the Romans reading, there's the sense of, is Jesus coming back or not? And I think Matthew was especially working with a community that thought, I don't know. I don't I don't see anything. I'm not sure anything's really changed. Rome's still in charge. Our lives are still threatened. Mm-hmm. We're still being rounded up and I, yeah, I'm not sure. And he was so oh, don't lose this. Mm-hmm. This is so important that you that you understand we can stay awake. It's happening. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those phrases are about don't drift off right when mm. it's coming, right when it's just about to break in. And I feel like that's what Advent is asking us to do. Don't drift off saying it doesn't make any difference. There's no hope anyway. I can't get anywhere. I'm not getting anywhere with any of this. Matthew, I think in Matthew's gospel, he so deeply wants us to live as Jesus lived, do the things that Jesus was doing, feed those people who are hungry, bring joy to the people that are mourning. Do it right now. You can do it right now. And you get to follow, again, that active. You get to follow mm-hmm. Jesus' footsteps and, and be part of the community. You don't have to drift off. It's happening already. Just look. Mm-hmm. And all those phrases of there, there could be a thief coming in the middle of the night. You wouldn't fall asleep if you knew the thief was just about to arrive. That's right. when you'd wake, wake up. And I think Matthew feels as if it is happening. Look, mm-hmm. wake up, look around. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Advent invites us to that feeling of there's justice being enacted right now. We have, mm-hmm. the, we have agency. We have the ability to be part of a process that's making the world the way Jesus wants it to mm-hmm. be. These predictions of the end times, or predictions is really the wrong word, this announcement that the end is coming in all the Gospels come right before the crucifixion, which is when all of the followers of Jesus would have thought, it's over now. It's absolutely done. Everything we've worked for, everything we believed is over. And it's almost like these texts are saying, when you think it's about over is when it's about to to begin. That's just and when so, it's good. Yeah. So that even the things that look terrible may be birth pangs, may mm-hmm. be the new emerging. And so it calls for a kind of heightened awareness. I think of like the times when someone's trying to show you something, they're like, look, do you see there's an eagle up there and you're looking and you don't <laughs> see it at first. And they're trying to point it out the story to you. of our safari. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> look, there's a giraffe where I don't see the giraffe. It's right there. But while you're doing that and one person kind of sees it and is trying to communicate it to the other, everybody is on heightened alert Mm -hmm. and attentive and watching Mm -hmm. and connected to one another because there's something Mm -hmm. important here that we expect to see and that we want to show one another. I feel like that's all the feelings 
that are part of Advent. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what the Keep Awake is really about. And the only thing I would add is that I think at any moment we have a choice whether or not to just to only see the status quo and only think within the kind of confines of the status quo or to see a whole different reality playing out right before our eyes. And we sort of get to choose whether or not we're going to see that. So are we going to just believe death always has the final word or are we going to, are we going to believe resurrection and we get to choose. And that's about keeping awake for me that if we're paying attention, we can see that there's truth in resurrection. But if we're not paying attention, we can just go along with the status quo of death. Right after this story, or in the next chapter of Matthew, is that story that we often um, hear about the goat, goats and the sheep, and mm-hmm. Jesus is separating the goats mm-hmm. and the sheep at the, when he comes again. And there, um, the question is, you know, when when did we see you hungry? When did we see you mm-hmm. uh, naked or in peril? I would have helped you if, if I had known. And Jesus says, whenever you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. That's what I think that this is saying. It's like, wake up. I'm already here. Maybe I'm in a place that you can't believe that would be me, but I'm here and and I'm already bringing about the promise right now in our lives. Go get started. Get busy. There's the giraffe right there. Go see it right there. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you, Laura. We also would love to hear from you listeners about what this all means to you and what questions come up for you. Drop us a note at pastors at gloriadaystpaul.org. We also hope you might rate the podcast and leave a review on whatever service you use for your podcasts. Thank you to Laura Willemson for joining us today. Thank you to our assistant music director, Paul Friesen-Carper, for providing the music that you hear on this show, and to Marshall Saunders of Minnesota Podcasting for producing these podcasts for us. Join us for worship every Sunday at either 8.15 or 10.45 a.m. with Sunday School for All Ages at 9.30 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us today. Know that wherever you are, God is with you, God is for you, and God loves you, will provide what you need for today. This has been What Does This Mean? A podcast created by Gloria Day Lutheran Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. You can find Gloria Day online at www.gloriadaystpaul.org. This podcast has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at www.mnpodcasting.com.